Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening everybody and welcome to Go Rangers Radio, broadcasting live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York, baby! Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuff, and everybody, please say hello to your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin DeLore. KD, watch your distance, baby. <laughs> How's it going, my friend? How's it going? It is Wednesday, March 25th, my friend. I'm okay. I don't have any symptoms. I hope you and your family were okay here and in our uh, our bunker, I guess everybody's in their self bunkers right now, and everybody's doing the right thing. But here we are, pal. Um, the Rangers are still in. Um, let's see, they're still in seventh place in the Metro, and um, that's basically where it's at, man. How you how you doing, pal? What's going on? Good, good. Yeah, you know what? I, actually, I feel real good tonight, Paul. You know why I feel good? Because I was two and zero tonight against my family in Rummy Cube. Nice. Took him out, dominated, and, and confidence is sky high. And I needed it too because my daughters have been killing me in spit. Have you ever played spit card it's, game? It's been a while, spit? but yes, I have. Yes, yeah. So they've just been dominating me in that game. So like you know, confidence level was pretty low, but the rummy cube you know brought me up. So you know, this is where life is at right now. Congre- congratulations, man! <laughs> rummy cube and spit. This is it. Keep the streak going, man. I, Keep I'm, it going. I'm literally tying the noose as we're you know doing this right now. <laughs> to hang myself in the basement. Oh, come on now, come on, buddy. Stay positive now. Sorry. Hey, look, to everybody out there, anybody who listens, archives who's listening now. Thank you. I don't know what we're going to talk about, KD, but we'll we'll try and get some range of stuff in here one way or the other. But uh, I got to tell you, everybody out there, especially on the front lines, I don't know about you, Kevin, I got a couple of buddies of mine, friends of mine who work on the front lines in the hospitals and stuff, and um, they're starting to get overrun. So everybody keep doing what they're doing because it's happening. So it's um, it's surreal what we're going through. How you how you holding up, buddy? I mean, like, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, I, I saw you tweeted out this might be a therapy session as well, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, everybody's... True. everybody's um, Obviously, handle it in your own way. I'm getting, I'm like, I'm getting sick looking at my phone because it seems to be that that's the only thing I'm doing. I mean, obviously, I have a lot of, you know, guys like me, uh, self-businesses, you know, I'm self-employed. I mean, grateful my wife, obviously, she's in education. We're all okay. Everything's going to be good. But, man, I'm in the service industry, man, and there's nobody to service. I'm in the crowd business. There's no crowds. Tonight, I was supposed to be at... Arugas doing uh, that hockey show before our show, and uh, those aren't happening, obviously. And uh, you know, shows are starting. Some have been canceled. As far as you know, everybody out there who doesn't know, I'm in the music business. 
Um, you know, shows are getting canceled, postponed, and now the the ones that are further away are starting to come in to get canceled. And it's like, you know, I'm kind of settling in here, realizing that this is probably going to go past that 18 day and into April thing as far as everything's going. So, um, I'm I'm doing okay. You know, everybody is. We're all healthy. That's the main thing. Uh, we have we do have a couple of friends that we know, and you know, just outer banks and stuff. And, and when I say outer banks, not the real outer banks. I mean just like, you know, out there and everybody doing their own thing. And some people are getting sick, and um, it's unfortunate. But um, you know, I guess I want to tell you, Kevin, because it's hard to get selfish about hockey not being around. <laughs> it, it's hard to be selfish about anything else getting around. But. Um, you get a little angry there, and I think it's more than anything that it's just kind of living through this. And I'm just glad that you're there for me tonight, Kevin, to talk to. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be a therapist. <laughs> Lay down on your couch. I'm in my chair. I'm going to be Dr. Melfi for you tonight, okay? I'm going to be your uh, Dr. Melfi. <laughs> just to let everybody uh, know, Katie was like, hey, buddy, we're going to do the show tonight. And I go, hell yeah. I said, I need somebody else to talk to. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. So no, it's it, yeah, no, it is crazy. I think uh, I, besides playing, you know, rummy Cuban cards, like my son is like a sports nut. So like we're literally outside like all day, every day. You say you're on your phone a lot. It actually, for me, it's the complete opposite. Like I was looking at my screen time the other day. I'm down like 50 percent because I'm like just outside with this kid. Like I'm playing wiffle ball with him and football and basketball. It's, it's freaking crazy. I you know, a lot of people are, you know, sitting at home eating a lot. I'm in, like, the best shape I've been in in months because the kid is running me ragged outside. So, uh, but I'm lucky. You know, I, I'm, I'm at home. I'm still getting paid for work. I'm, I'm, you know, one of the lucky ones who's able to do that. Um, you know, thankfully, you know, family is, is healthy as well. No one, uh, you know, has gotten the virus yet. A, a couple of friends that I know of um, – you know, just through Facebook. I mean, you know, how much are they really actually my friend? They're Facebook friends. But, um, yeah, haven't talked to you since high school, but, you know, we're friends on Facebook. Um, you know, I've seen a couple have gotten it, but, you know, nothing um, too bad. I, you know, look, we're, we're in our 40s. Well, you're in your 50s, but, um, you know, I, <laughs> I guess we're okay or should be. I mean, obviously, there's, there's some people our, our age who, who are dealing with some, some severe um, parts of it, but you know, uh, you know, the virus itself, just to go off a little bit here, it isn't worrying me too much. You know, we're isolating. Most people I know are isolating, which is good. I, I, what scares me, Paulie is like the panic. Like I'm so worried about like the panic, you know, where everybody's you know, buying up everything at the stores and, and like that kind of thing, like really like gives me anxiety more than anything. Like I go to Uncle Giuseppe's to like get our food and like I'm anxious before I get to I'm like, oh, my God, is there going to be paper towels there? Is there going to be cold cuts or chopped meat? You know, <laughs> like I'm more worried about that going out than I am like I'm going to get the virus because, you know, we're sitting at the house. I mean, we're isolated. We're, we're doing our part, you know, or, you know, I know my dad is isolated or my mother-in-law that, you know, I know that they're staying at home. You know, so for me, it's like. I'm worried about like the panic, like if this continues on and people aren't working and that kind of thing. And I, and look, health is first. And I know that there's whole debate on when we should try to get back to normal. Look, everybody needs to get healthy first and we need to beat this thing before we even think about going back to work. Um, but you know, the panic, it, that's where I get my anxiety. You know, that's what, that, that's what worries me. 
Yeah, no, I hear that. I, I don't I don't see it yet. I think um if you're in mm. I think if you're in New York it's um you know, we're we're getting our reports every day. And you know, I, I've been out myself just having to go out and, you know, get some supplies and stuff. And, and one of the main reasons I've been on my phone so much is because like I said, when you have your own business and especially in the music business, for me it's uh, you know, handling emails, uh, you know, just staying to, you know, what's going on, what's going to happen. You know, I have musicians that work with me and stuff, and we're not working and everything, and it's also trying to be creative and, and think of other ways. You know, I'm also in the design business as well, too, and marketing. And, you know, I primarily, you know, I'm a service business, and, every, you know, one of my clients just had to close their restaurants, you know, one of their restaurants now. So, you know, it's all this stuff that's starting to happen. I hear you on the panic. I think... So far, it's, it's it, you know, I've been out, you know, just shopping, going around here and there and so on and so forth. I haven't seen that yet. I think most people, uh, I guess, got all their toilet paper. I guess it'll all come back or whatever. But I think you bring up a good point, too. I think more than anything is the unknown down the road as far as uh, work, you know, and I think that's the numbers that everybody's starting to look at now, right, too, is the, uh, you know, um, unemployment files, the claims are going up, and a lot of people, like I said, that's the main thing is to figure out what's going to happen down the road as far as income and and everything else, and everybody's situation is different. And I think that's the, ultimately the big thing here, KD, with anything. And if you're, you know, you're a hockey fan, you're a sports fan, you're a life fan, you're a music fan, just anything, you know, I think everybody's doing a great thing and taking care of themselves. And you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm becoming a teacher again. I mean, not that I ever was a teacher, but <laughs> as far as you know, uh, you know, teach, you know, doing my uh, lessons with my kid every day now. You know, he's a first grader, so. Um, you know, I basically put a, you know, aside a couple hours every day now and I'm his teacher. So we're running through his plans, you know, so on and so forth. So it's, it's that kind of stuff. I think, uh, for me, like I said, I don't see the panic yet. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, you know, you're hearing about what's going on in the hospitals, you know, I'm, I'm getting some reports from, from people and that, that's the unfortunate thing is our first responders and everything else. And, and those are some of the things we have to keep, uh, being concerned about. And then, yeah, you just gotta, you kind of got to hope on it. I, you know, I will say this you know, all of us out here on Long Island and stuff like that, every town, every village seems to kind of be doing their their own thing. Um, it's it's a lot tougher in the city, obviously. There's a lot more people, and uh, conditions are different for everybody. So that's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the panic. I don't think it's going to happen. If I can revert back to Sandy a little bit there, KD, it was and, – and everybody, listen, we're not going to make this a whole you know, <laughs> apocalyptic show, but um, I think it's good for us to kind of talk about it. And hopefully you guys out there listening will show us some feedback, and, and we want to hear from everybody too if you're out there and you want to listen to stuff. But, um, you know, when Sandy hit, and, and obviously if you weren't on the water and you weren't flooded, uh, we were lucky we were away from that. And then the power went. And, you know, it was a week, two weeks or whatever. The only time that I really felt panic there was is when, you know, the lines for gases was, was starting to go up, you know. And, um, and again, we didn't know when the power was going to be packed. And we didn't know when, you know, general essential services and everything else was going to get back. So we've got pretty much all that still intact. You know, Amazon's still dropping off packages and... You know, you can go up to the grocery store, you can go get gas, you can get food, and we're not running out of anything. I don't think that's actually going to happen, and I, I, I get your concerns yet. I think for me personally right now, it's really kind of grounding me, and especially being in the entertainment business and the crowd business and the service business, and when you see national acts now starting to cancel their tours, because they're more involved. They're more involved with bigger facilities, bigger crowds, and everything else, and if they're canceling the rest of their tours for the year... That's basically a sign to me that 
this thing is going to go a lot longer than, you know, April, May, June. And I think that's when, you know, we've all got to collectively kind of look into that future. And that's where my anger is because I think more than anything, Kevin, it's just because I'm not sure how I really, you know, how to, you know, it's, it's dealing with it, you know. And then, you know, you watch highlights, you know. I'm getting, like, I'm seeing highlights from either, you know, ranges in the in the past or rock concerts from the past and stuff. And, and I guess the last thing I'll say on this, too, I got angry today for my kids. Like, this sucks for them, you know. All this yeah, I- crap that's happening, we had our child. We never had to worry about any of this shit. And it just, to me, I think as a, as a species, as a country, government, administration, all sides, I don't care what side of the fence you're on, it's all the same. The bottom line is, man, is this just, it sucks for the kids more than anything. You know what, though? And, and you know, as far as just to go back to the panic thing, I, I agree with you. I, I don't see it out there, but that's where my sort of angst is with it. Like, but I... You know, when I do go out, there's not a lot of people at the supermarkets anymore. You know, initially there was when everybody was fighting over toilet paper and, and whatever. But that's really not out there anymore. I mean, when I go to the supermarket or whatever, everything is fully stocked and, and there's really no problem. Um, but, you know, I, I try as far as the kids go, you know, it's funny. I, I try to look at it and, and the family wise, my you know, my wife and I, obviously we, we've been talking a lot because there's nothing else to do. So I actually have to, you know, meet my <laughs> wife again. Um Still love her. So, you know, it's all good. Um, but, you know, you know, our lives, you know, before this happened was it was, it was all craziness. You know, everyone really caught up in their jobs and, and kids with all the, you know, organized sports and all that. And, and, you know, it's funny. I mean, if you want to look, get a positive spin on it, I mean, it's really brought the family sort of back together. Um, you know, we're eating together at the dinner table every night now. We rarely ever did that yeah. again between the sports um, you know, I'm working, my wife is working, she's doing homework with them, who's doing this or whatever, I, you know, we're getting fast food, where, you know, what's easy takeout, this or that, you know, we're cooking every night now. Um, we're sitting down together every night now. We're playing board games together every night now, every day, you know, cards and, and all this stuff. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good with it. Also, you're sort of learning the, you know, a little more of the importance of family. It's sort of bringing you back to when, you know, we were a kid when it was, you know, really only, you know, one parent had to work. Um, and, and you had that sort of uh, a little bit better of a family structure, I think, back then than now where both, both parents are working. And there's, like again, all the organized sports where you're running kids from one place to the other and your life is so sort of chaotic. You know, it's now giving us a chance to sort of take a deep breath and, and just enjoy, you know, our family. And, and you realize how much your other family means to you because you're missing them. You know, my kids, you know, beyond their friends, you know, they haven't seen their cousins and when can we see our cousins, you know, and that whole thing. So I, I think the sort of family element, again, I'm just trying to put a po- positive spin on it. Um, you know, it, it may be a good thing, um, that, that people are rediscovering. I bet you once this is over, you know, a lot of people will sort of, uh, take a look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know, is my, you know, job, you know, we're out here on Long Island, obviously commuting into the city every day where I'm leaving the house at six in the morning and not getting back late at night. Is that worth it anymore? I really enjoyed, you know, spending more time with my kids and things like that. So, you know, I, I think that that could be sort of a positive to this whole thing. Yeah, it definitely stinks. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, my kids are like, can I just hang out with my friends? I'm sick of you, dad. 
by this point. But um, but I think, you know, there is a, a positive element to it where there's a lot more sort of, you know, family involvement with our lives now. Yeah, no, th- those are definitely the positives. There's no doubt about it. I, you know, I cherish every, you know, second minute I'm having with my daughter and my son and, you know, my wife too. And we're all just kind of doing our own thing and, uh, you know, together. And and kind of spacing this out. I think that's the big thing, though, Katie, more than anything, is it's like this is the second week. This has been the first week of the, you know, major, uh, you know, actually sitting down and having a structure of what time we're going to start home, you know, homework and school and the lessons and the plans and get that done. And, um, you know, and then, yes, yeah, spending time with each other. And But also, we also need, like, I, I you know, we also need a little, there's got to be a place in the house to run to as well, too, you know, just to kind of hunker down and, Oh yeah, and, and, I, I've and, I've actually my I <laughs> I not only live in Massapequa, I work in Massapequa. I've been to the office twice this week. I was like, oh, honey, I gotta go to the office. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody else was there, so I was social distancing everyone. Don't worry, there was nobody there, uh, but me. But you know, it was like, yeah, all right, I'm just my little sanctuary. You know, <laughs> I get just gotta run to the office. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and you could tell everybody sort of. Now starting like I need some interaction. My friends set up like a like a Zoom uh, thing on Friday. Have a Zoom happy hour, you know, for us to sort of me and all my buddies to sort of talk. I don't even know. I didn't even know what Zoom was. Um, so I got to do I guess we're doing that on Friday. So, yeah, I mean, you, you do need that sort of social interaction at some point. Again, like you said, it's only been two weeks so you can deal with it. But if this goes on for two months. You know, there there may be some. This, uh, this conversation might be a lot different. <laughs> I do I, I divorced my wife. I, uh, <laughs> I my we kids ate tied the up children. in the basement. We had to eat the children. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, who knows where we'll be? Which again is you know is the difficulty that our sort of government officials are having at this point. You know, uh, the conversation. You know, you've heard Cuomo say it. You've heard uh, Trump say it. It's you know what point you say look you know is is you know the cure is is social distancing becoming more of a problem than the actual virus you know down the road and again you know that that's a difficult decision you know where you're putting you know that aspect of it uh, economy mental health and all that ahead of you know the your health from this virus so it's it's a it's a a scary time an unknown time or whatever you want to call it you know it's uh Nothing we've ever seen before. So, yeah, take it take it day by day. And like you said, I, I've sort of immersed myself. And one good thing is, you know, when I am on my phone is, is seeing all the old sort of highlights from games and, and uh, you know, old Ranger, you know, uh, clips of uh, the good times we've had over the last, you know, 15 years or so with, with the Rangers' sort of sustained success that they had from whatever it was, 2005 to 2015 or whatever it was. Um, those clips are, are sort of getting me through at this point, you know, a lot of 1994 Stanley cup stuff. Um, so, you know, it, it sort of makes you beyond, you know, we were talking about appreciating, you know, our family is sort of appreciating a lot of the like really great times, you know, we had watching the Rangers, you know, and not only am I, you know, remembering those great games, I'm remembering, you know, where I was, I was at my buddy's house and, 
you know, it was a party or we were at the bar or wherever we were, you know, and, and you're remembering the sort of, again, the, the sort of social interaction that we're all sort of missing from our lives right now. So, you know, it brings up all these sort of emotions just watching it, not only just from, you know, the game standpoint and, and you know, a great overtime winning goal. It's just, you know, me high-fiving and hugging my friends and the pylons we had in the living room or whatever it was you know, during some of those wins. So, you know, it's it's those type of things that are, you know, helping get through, you know, this this difficult time. And, you know, I, I was tweeting before I said I would bring this up in the podcast, you know, just watching some of these old things. And, you know, I, I've definitely, you know, shit on stall a whole bunch. But, man, I'm watching all these clips. Him and Girardi are like in every one. I mean, those guys have made made more plays and contributed more than actually I think I realized or appreciated Sort of at the time, like every goal, it was a, like a rebound from a Girardi shot or it was a goal from Stahl or it was, you know, it was overtime, game sevens, this and that. I, I'm definitely getting more uh, appreciation for some guys. Maybe at the time, I, you know, I, I didn't appreciate as much. So um, I, I find that interesting, too. A lot of like Sean Avery stuff. I mean, we all know him as sort of the pest, but man, that guy was good. Like he had... He was better than I, I remember. I see some of the passes that he made, you know, beyond the, you know, the Brodeur stuff. But, you know, just just real good stuff. I mean, that was fun times, Paulie. I mean, you know, we, we went through that whole sort of eight-year span where there was no playoffs and it was just god-awful ranges. You know, guys, I, I definitely am getting more, uh, you know, appreciation for it. You know, Ryan Callahan. You know, man, he was good. You know, just that all-around player. And you know, look, the trade for St. Louis had to have been done, and it and it really worked out. And you sort of forget, you know, what Callahan brought to the table. But man, he was he was such a good player. He was physical. He he had great hands. And uh, you know, Dubinsky and Anisimov and those guys. Just, I I just love those teams again. Just puts a smile on my face and. You know, again, just more of a pre- appreciation of that sort of time that we went through and, and the building of that team to, you know, um, Eastern Conference champions and the Stanley Cup run and, you know, Tortorella. I mean, you know, I saw some clips again. Guy Fitz, uh, you know, I, I got to learn this guy's name. I don't know. Fitz on Twitter. You know, he's showing <laughs> a lot of the 24-7 stuff from HBO. And Torch was gold, man. He was amazing. All the locker room stuff that they showed. He was, uh, I just, you know, you just miss him. You miss that time. You miss those teams. It's just, you know, that stuff again, just again, I'm, I'm appreciating my family more. You just appreciate those good times that you have with the Rangers and, and, and makes me even more excited. Once we get going again, you know, what this rebuild that they're going through is going to eventually bring, it's going to bring those games again, those, those just great times. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, hopefully the comeback, buddy. Hopefully, man. <laughs> do you miss? Uh, do you miss Rafael Diaz? Do you miss? Uh, um, do you miss Kevin Klein? Do you miss Brandon Mashatier? <laughs> you miss those guys? I miss them like you wouldn't believe right now. I would. I, <laughs> I would love a little Mashinter uh, action right now. He's my guy. He is my guy. I would do anything to watch a game with him in it right now. But I'll tell you what, man, it was. You know, we want to stick on this team here, too. I mean, uh, you know, that year and, you know, obviously Torts building that thing up and Vigneault taking over and then obviously the uh, the run to the cup, man. And I'm just kind of, you know, Brad Richards, man. When we got, I always loved Dominic Moore, too. He was a heart and soul guy. 
Um, you know, and these are all the guys I couldn't remember on the, on the last show or the two shows ago from this roster. But, <laughs> you watched uh, enough clips, I'm sure, over the last week or so to remember everybody's name now because that's all we got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you – you know, that, that year getting to the cup finals, can you think back to that season? Because I don't – look, I, I'll be the first one to admit, I, I pretty much – didn't think the Rangers were going to get there. And obviously the, the playoffs were struggling and it was magical and they get there and everything else. And, you know, I, I had felt, I had just seen that they were, especially in the Tampa series or whatever, and the, the scoring issues and stuff. And I, and the Kings were just so good. I felt, Hey, the, you know, the Kings are going to, you know, sweep them and, and run them out. So I, and what I'm trying to admit here is as, as fun as that team was and the characters and the run and the season, there was just still something for me. And I'm admitting this here to everybody, all the Ranger fans stuff. I just never believed that they were going to get there, and I never believed they were going to win. It's not that I, you know, to say I, I was watching it. I was like every every time they advanced a little further and got closer, and then obviously I, they got there. It was still, it was amazing, um, you know, to to obviously be a part of it, and it was surreal. I think more than anything, the fact that they got back into the Stanley Cup Finals, but there was still just something that never really. Put put it over the hump. Maybe I don't know where I was in time back then, as far as where I was personally or anything else. But all I can say is, like the team that we're watching now, uh, and obviously we're doing a podcast for it and everything else, and following the new team. But there's there's a different, I feel a, a different, more connection, obviously, to this team now uh, because I'm more involved with it. And I was doing hockey stuff back then, you know, radio and everything else, but not as in depth. But uh, that team, for me, like I said, I wasn't emotionally invested into it. There was just, I had this kind of chip on my shoulder, and I think that was more or less that I was kind of, um, you know, really deep down inside as a, as a fan, as a Ranger fan, didn't want my heart broken again, and at the same time, you know, uh, as a hockey guy, just really impressed with how they kind of moved on. But that season and that run, and I think I was kind of also, there's no doubt that I was I was also really, I was angry at the you know the, the the conference finals too with Torch and getting close there. There was something like I was there was a big drop down for me when Torch was let go, and I get it at the time. It was it was time for him to move on. It's, uh, the shelf life here with the team had happened, but there was I loved Torch and there was something amazing about those teams back then, the players and how he did it and everything. And then losing to the Devils was just like it was just crushing and everything else. But um, anyway, I'm rambling on here a little bit. My original question is, is, what do you remember about that year they they went to the Cup from, like, you know, the, just the early part of it and then how you felt there at the end? Well, I mean, they weren't a great team. I mean, going into the new year, I, I mean, I don't think anybody thought they were sort of an underachieving team that year, um, if I remember. I mean, you know, they might have been like a 500 team Come January, I, I don't really think anybody had any thoughts of sort of grandeur with that team, um, you know, in the middle of the season, uh, you know, and um, but, you know, I think you had a lot of, you know, really good players on the team. I mean, you, you're dealing with, uh, you know, Nash and, and obviously Zuccarello. You had the um, stadium series that year. I'm pretty sure that that was the year they had the stadium series against uh, where they played at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, so you had that, yep. right? Yeah. So I was at I was at the I actually went to the island again with the Carcillo. Um, had the goal in that yep. game. I what they win that game one nothing or two one or whatever it was. It was a, a low, low scoring, scoring game. Yeah. Um, so you know, still you had a lot of the sort of holdover guys 
um, you know, from the Torts team um, that went to the to the conference finals. And, you know, I just for me, that year was sort of the, the you had the great line, the Broussard, Pouillat, Zuccarello line, which was just like a dominant line. You know, Pouillat was having, uh, you know, his uh, just a career year, Broussard you know, was coming into his own and, and, and obviously Zuccarello as well. You sort of saw that line sort of grow up together, um, you know, and then look, then they made the trade. I mean, that was, you know, there was a lot of sort of emotion involved with that St. Louis Callahan trade. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it was I, epic. My, yeah, no, it was. And, you know, you hated to see a guy like Callahan go, but there was a lot of sort of, forward thinking with that you know a lot of times when you're in the that middle was the original of the start of the rebuild right there boom <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was i mean you know the rangers obviously have made it and we've discussed this on the show a lot of mistakes at the time look when you're in that that period of sustained success you make a lot a lot of immediate need sort of moves and and they actually for some i can't believe it realized that callahan you couldn't give him a long-term contact because he was if the way he played, you knew he was going to break down. You knew he only had a couple of years left. You weren't going to give him. He was going into free agency at the end of the year, so you know you weren't. You couldn't give a guy like that a long term contract. Unfortunately, they 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 didn't learn their lesson where they ended up still giving contracts to Girardi and Stahl, and and it sort of blew up in their face. But you know they made the right move there where they got they got rid of him. They were able to bring in a St. Louis, and, and you know the rest is history. Where they obviously used the emotion of of what happened with St. Louis' mom and the Mother's Day goal, and you know all that, which sort of uh, catapulted them into you know the Stanley Cup Finals. But you know that was just a you know a real sort of emotional run in the playoffs, and um, you know that trade. You know they were playing well, I think. You know going into that trade, but I, I don't think anybody had any visions of them getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. But you know it all sort of worked out for them. Again, you had guys. You know, their fourth line guys were, were real good. Like I mentioned, Carcillo, you know, he had that great goal in, against the Flyers where he's like, you know, he's got his arms raised in front of the crowd there and the guy's giving him the finger in Philly. And, yep. you know, and, and um, so, uh, you know, I think during the season itself, um, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone really saw that coming. Um, and, and then they just sort of caught fire in the playoffs, which is – that's what happens. That's what makes the Stanley Cup playoffs so great. Any team, whether it's a hot goaltender, you know, emotion, which was sort of the case here with again the St. Louis uh, mother passing away, um, and 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 it just went on from there. So, just a, a great season that again sort of came out of nowhere um, because if you looked at where they were going into you know coming out of December and into January, they really weren't a great team. Or, you know, they were underachieving, you know, looking at their roster. But again, they caught fire and, and, you know, look, the Stanley Cup finals were, you know, they lost four to one. But, you know, they easily could have won that series four to one with all the overtime games. And, um, you know, they just couldn't catch a break at the the non-goalie interference call and. You know, everything that went on, I don't need to replay all that for everybody. Everybody's, uh, you know, ready to, you know, kill themselves as it is. They've been stuck in the house. I don't need to hear this. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just a, a great year sort of coming out of nowhere again. 
you know, similar to the Blues. I mean, their Rangers weren't in last place or anything like the Blues were last year. But, you know, no one expected them. And, and again, that's, that's you know, the parody of the NHL and, and just sort of anything can happen in the NHL playoffs more than, to me, any other sport. The, the NHL playoffs are such a crapshoot uh, more than any other playoff. Even, you know, with the NFL, it's a one-game, obviously, elimination. But I, I still think the, the NHL, any team can win. Um, any team can get, you know, it could be the eight seed. Look, when the Rangers, you know, won the cup in 94, the Canucks were an eight seed. Um, so, you know, any team can, can get through the playoffs and, um, and, and get to the finals and win. So, um, it was a great year. It was a fun year. That was just a fun run. You know, my blog was sort of at the peak at that point. So I, I just really remember it and, and, you know, going to all the viewing parties that, you know, Hudson Station and, you know, hanging out with the Weebly Blue guys and, you know, all that fun stuff. So, you know, it's a good time, a fun time. And again, that, that those are the things you sort of remember, you know, now that we're sort of quarantined here and, and we have we don't have sports to go to and and be part of our social life anymore. Um, you know, I remember where I was during those games, again, at the bar, at my buddy's house watching it where, you know, we're on the edge of our seats and we're, ha- you know, they, they score and we're big hugging and, you know, those kind of things. So, you know, that was a great year and, and hopefully we're in line for another one of those uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah, if it ever comes back. I'm sorry, I'm being the negative guy, ain't I? I'm the negative guy. You're talking about the great memories and I'm, I'm being like, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen again. No, it's all over. <laughs> Goodness, no. you wanted the therapy session tonight, man. This, this, come on, I'm, I'm not doing a good job of getting you in the right frame of mind. I'm totally cool. I'm totally good. We're having a little fun here. That's what we do. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, just looking back over here at the the, the playoff rounds, you know, the, beating the Flyers in the first round that year, and and then uh, obviously the amazing man uh, down three one to Pittsburgh, man. Uh, you know, I know you were talking about that before with the yeah. and the goal and everything, but uh, just the magic of that. Uh, coming back and then um and you know what's crazy too about that playoff run is we didn't play the capitals no i mean we, we seem to play them every year but the one year we actually got to the cup we didn't play them i mean we had such epic sort of series against them yeah yeah it seems like you know those are two teams you're sort of playing every year um but especially the capitals um and and actually we didn't have to go through them which is which is surprising just considering if you probably looked at, you know, the playoff series, you know, the year before, year after, two years after, two years before, whatever, um, they were probably playing them every year except for that one year. Um, interesting. Yeah, and then the series against the Canadians, just with Carey Price and Kreider, and what a wild series that was as well, too, when you think back about it. And, you know, the Rangers, I mean, going seven against uh, the Flyers and, and, you know, going seven against Pittsburgh and then six against the Canadians, you know, by the time, I, you know, I – I have to look. I mean, I know the Kings went to war in the Western Conference. I mean, you had Chicago back then. You had Nashville. All those teams are still – I mean, I know they had to fight really hard to get to the finals too. But when you look at the run the Rangers had to do, and like you were saying, they weren't really you know expected or anticipated to kind of really be have any kind of success. And they, they obviously have to work for it here. There's no doubt about it, and especially against Pittsburgh in, in, in that series as well. So when you get there – and you get to the finals and all the emotions and then you, you know, you're playing, you know, the Kings and obviously you're throwing in the travel back and forth. And obviously the Kings had to do it too. And they were just, the Kings were just on another level. There was nothing you could do that year anyway. I mean, you know, two years in a row there and, you know, they beat the Devils as well too. So it is what it is. But when you look at the body of work and how they got there 
you know, going back from torts and, and everything you were just saying and, and taking everybody back there and different players and the different acquisitions and the different moves, the different lines, uh, just even Vigneault as a coach too and, and, and how that all worked out. and Just um, to look back on it now and to see, you know, how close they got. And with the, you know, the, the big trade there with Callahan and, and St. Louis. And I love Marty St. Louis. And that was pure hockey magic, that whole thing with Pittsburgh and them coming back. And it was just absolutely incredible. And obviously we do. We have all the highlights to go back and, and look at. And then, you know, you fast forward, you know, a couple of years, you know, obviously the year, the two years after that, and things kind of get to that point where the letter comes out. And here we are, me and you talking again, too. And, and it was funny because I was going to ask you, and you brought it up, like, I was trying to think about, you know, how involved you still were with your blog back at that time. And how, how, how long after that, Kevin, did you start pulling back from, from doing the blog? I mean, where was were you just emotionally drained, couldn't handle it anymore? I mean, w- when did that turn for you? Um, I'm trying to remember because I shut it down and brought it back like a couple of times. Um, it may have been like the next year. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't even remember because I kept shutting it down and bringing it back. But and why do because like I'll tell you like you know you knew me back then and and I was I was building my network back then hockey this week and hockey active and all that other stuff and I can tell you like I had, I had, I had pushed my network to the to the max and eventually I was you know trying to make money doing it and it just wasn't happening and podcasts wasn't popular back then broadband you know Wi-Fi broadband I was it was kind of I was a little ahead of the times there and people were looking at me like I had three heads and stuff so. For me, once I got to the point where I was on Yahoo Radio and then I, you know, I was sitting in front of uh, investors and advertisers and nobody would sign the check. Nobody would buy in. I got very close. And then I basically, for financial and for time reasons, you know, I created this thing and I had to stop. And obviously, it, you know, it really bummed me out for a long time. I didn't even want to look at a microphone. I didn't want to, you know, and I told you this. And so everybody knows, too, before I reached out to Kevin back in July, it's been a long time, and I had done that. I'd, I'd thrown my that hockey show on a couple of times over the last couple of years, but it was just something like I just wasn't feeling it anymore. But the primary reason I shut everything down was because financially as a business it was done, it was dead, and I had to walk away from it because it was just I had tried. It was like four or five years. It was a labor of love, and I had to walk away from it, and that was it. And along that time, you were doing the blog. And so that's, I was kind of curious what made you actually have to, sh- to shut it down yourself. Cause I know you put tons of time into that. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me, I was actually making some, some decent money with it through advertising and, um, things like that. But, you know, for me, it was just taking too much time away from my family, to be honest. I mean, I, I just found myself, I was either always on my computer, um, or on my phone, like, cause I was constantly either trying to update the blog or just looking for the the latest piece of news that was sort of coming across and i could just tell it was just putting a strain on you know my family life myself my work life that kind of it was just taking over and yeah i was making money but not enough where it was something that i could just um you know make a living off of so you know i just paying for 12 packs and cases right well exactly exactly (laughs) but it was to be honest, it just wasn't worth it. I mean, to be taking away time from my kids, my wife, my job. And, well, it's an 82-game you know, it season. Yeah. Like, well, I, I it. get it, man. 
Yeah, no, it was, you know, it was game recaps. It was news all day. It was, you know, I was up till three, four in the morning, like almost every night, like oh, man. scheduling posts for the next day. Like I would write three or four art. I would write the game recap and then I would have a couple of extra articles that I would write. Um, so I would have, you know, three or four articles like in the hopper, you know, scheduled to, to spread out through all the next day. So I was up till three and then I'd have to wake up, you know, with the kids the next day. Like I was getting like two or three hours of sleep like every night. And your, and column, then, your columns were custom because you put a lot of media in there, a lot of gifts, a lot of video clips. Like you Yeah, were, I was doing you, everything. You were, yeah, you weren't just sitting there going, all right, I'm going to write 250 words on the game. You had to be creative. Your, your oh, blog, yeah. your pages were creative. Yeah, no, it was. I, I, I never felt as though – and look, so it's obviously personal preference on what – somebody wants to either read or write for me you know i never want to read the real long articles where it's just too much for me i just don't have time i just want to like i want to see a couple of gifts a couple of videos some funny things written and that was it so i was like well if that's what i like that's what i'm going to actually put together so that's what i would do i would have all these posts and a lot of them were very short it was either just a video and some commentary on it or whatever it was um but there was a lot of it you know, I was like, oh, I think I should do a separate post for this and that for, for this fight. I'll do a separate post for the fight and this amazing play and then thoughts on this. And then, you know, in the middle of the day, something will come out. So I'll quickly, like, do something at work quick or, what you know, whatever it was. And, and I just was like, this is taking up my whole friggin' life. Um, so, you know, I kept – the problem is, is that you shut it down and, like, for, like, a month, you're like, thank God I don't do this. But after that month, you're like – yeah, I sort of miss it. <laughs> well, that's 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 another question for you because that's something that I dealt with too. Because when you love the game, and obviously you were doing one team, you know, I was running almost six shows a week. You know, and I had you know I was working. I was I was lucky. You know, I'd been working with Neil Smith. I was working with um, you know uh, Butch Goring and Dave Maloney, uh, Ken Danico, Scotty Lachlan from NHL Network. I was working with all kinds, and then I had Carrie Frazier. Carrie Frazier was amazing. Um, you know, and I had all these shows and I was working with my cousin, Mike, who actually does the, uh, ILC podcast. You know, he helped me a lot. My brother was helping me out back then. We had that hockey, uh, hockey this week show. And we used to do a lot of, uh, on location shows back then. Um, and, and we, we did, we, we loved it. And that was the, you know, that's, that's something in business you learn too, right? Katie's like, it's, um, you, there's the business side of it and the time that you're putting into it. And how it's affecting uh, the other people in your life and, and, you know, your hygiene and your your own health in terms of sleep and everything else. And there's that line of, like I said, I hear you when you say you shut it down and then you miss it. And you miss it because you're a fan and it's because it's something you love, whether it's music, whether it's art, whatever you kind of latch on to. And it's something that you get creative about and it's something that you love to do. And at first you really primarily, you know, you're up till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning you're not doing it because you're you're getting paid. You're doing that because you you want to do this. You love it, and you built up. Obviously, you still have a, a, a great fan base. So you had. Then you felt. You know, it's like me with the music. You have an audience. You have people who are expecting you to continue to give them content and giving them that angle. So uh, yeah, that's the other thing too. How, how is that one of the reasons that it kept pulling you back in? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. I think like anything else, I mean, I think you sort of miss the interaction with, you know, your fans or friends or whatever you want to, you know, call it. And, and people are asking for your 
you know, take on on this and that. And 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 then you sort of miss giving it. Um, you miss putting that content out there. And I, I enjoyed the like you said, the sort of, you know, pressure to sort of put out this great content. Like, you know, can uh, you know, can I live up to the expectation that people are looking for on this? I, you know, or I think people are going to love this video. I got to put it out or, you know, thoughts on this or. I bet you nobody realized that, you know, try to find sort of an angle in there that maybe people aren't looking at or a funny take on it that people aren't looking at and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, just beyond the content, I mean, I was running, um, I was doing the Sean Avery all-star, um, stuff to try to get him voted in. <laughs> I did the, the, I did the Derek Bugard t-shirt, um, stuff. fundraiser. Yeah. I, I, one year, this was, the, this was the craziest thing I ever did. I, I don't know why I ever did this. So, I did a fantasy hockey league, right? So instead of just saying, like, I'll take, like, 10 guys and do, like, a league, I just opened it up to everybody. I was like, Who, whoever wants to join, join. I, I'm telling you, Paulie, I think I had, like, 100 people join, right? So I had to set up, like, different leagues, right? So what I decided, instead of just saying, like, okay, you're in this league, you're in this one, in this one, I, I decided to, I was, Instead of just giving like a, I went to the Rangers and they actually sent me all these prizes that I can give out to people. This is how nuts I was. <laughs> and so at the end, I had the three sort of like it was three. I had like ten divisions, right? So instead of just saying, "Okay, you're a division champ. Here's a T-shirt. Here's a you know a signed stick and and whatever it is that they sent me." What I decided to do is I I took the ten champs and I put them in a championship series at the end. <sighs> and I and I. And I did the stats on my own. You like, did? I, didn't even, I did. I counted up the stats every day on my own. So it worked out. And you're out. still and, married? Yeah, it was insane. Dude, I'm <laughs> telling you. I was up till four in the morning doing this stuff every night. And it was, again, it was just trying to, you know, build up the audience and do these type of things. And it was just in my head of, of what I needed to do. It was, it was insane. Now, let me ask um, you this. Would, would to they, look back on it. Were your kids born at that time? Were they... Babies or... um, I yeah yeah yeah. So I had like young kids. I I'd, I'd have them in like you know the bassinet <laughs> next to me and stuff, or they put them down. You know what though, Paulie? To be honest, it's easier when they're younger because they sleep all the time. They took naps, and I was able to do it, or you know that kind of thing. You know, now that they're old, I would never be able to do it because I'm taking them to sports and and uh, you know I got to run around with them. So it was actually easier then yeah, uh, yeah. than it is now. But it was insane. It was all again beyond the blog because I felt like I was try I was I was trying to build it into something, you know, where I could bring in a, you know money and maybe second income that kind of thing. So I knew I had to do this stuff because I was doing it on my own. I wasn't part of like a blog network, you know, yeah. like S SB Nation or whatever it is that you have, you know, a built-in audience. Coming did you ever in. get? Did you ever get offers from anybody uh, to well, to join am, any of those big? Um... No, I joined a uh, I joined Blogwin, which was like this real small. The only other big time blog that they had in all their sports was um, Penn's blog, the Penguins blog, which was huge, and then us, and then I, us, my blog, and you know I brought in some people too because again I, I was so overwhelmed. I kept bringing people in to help me out, and it was just you know for me I was just like felt like I needed to do it on my own, but um, so I did join, and they were very helpful actually. That I made. Uh, a lot i wouldn't say a lot of money but i mean more money once i joined them because they did all the advertising gotcha yeah um so they were buying the advertising 
I was getting more because I was bringing in an audience. So they were able to sell it um, based on, on the people, on the audience that I had. So they were good. But the guy would tell me, he's like, he's like, you're just coming. He's like, you're doing more for us than we're doing for you. You know, it's not like they had a built in audience. He's like, we have no audience. Yeah. Um, but he's like, you're bringing stuff into our blog network. He's like, we're not doing You know, we're not helping you other than that. I was getting money. I used to fight with them all the time. I mean, they were great and really helped me out and, and whatever. But we, I used to fight with them all the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, just an independent blog. network. It's a lot of work. I mean, if you're trying to build it up. Um, and like you said, you know, you, you've gone through the trials and tribulations of it. And it is. It's like, OK, let me start a contest. Let me um, try to get Sean Avery in the All-Star game. And I, I, I there's probably so much stuff that I did that I don't even remember because it was so much. I was always trying. I was always thinking beyond just the content. Publicizing it, marketing it. You know, how can I market this thing? Where can I go? We would, I would do draft parties. I would go to the Rangers drafting just to be like, hey, come down. Let's meet. Let's hang out. So I got like sort of a personal connection with the readers that they'd want to come back. Um, so I would do that kind of thing. We do viewing parties and and then, you know, I, I, anything and everything I can think of. And like you said, I had kids. I had a wife. I had a house. I have a mortgage. I got, you know, all this stuff. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. I wasn't sleeping. It was nuts. <laughs> And back then, you know, Twitter wasn't as big as it is. Facebook wasn't as big as it is now. No, you know, no, all, all that stuff like that was. I still... to, I told I, I've said on the on the on uh, this podcast. I used to go into onto message boards back in the day, you know, and just like just pedal my like stuff, my content. If like, hey, check out my blog and this. I I used to go on anything and everything to just get my content out of you. Had a hustle, man. It was a hustle back then. It wasn't just, yeah, you know, let me put it on Twitter or Instagram and hashtag it. You know, it was you really had a hustle to get your content out there. And and uh, you know, I was in there early, which helped. There wasn't a lot of blogs when I was around. You know, when I started mine, there was only a handful yeah. um, around, which made it easier. Now everybody has a blog. You know, similar to everybody has a podcast. Um, so you know, it was a lot easier to to build an audience. Um, but at the same time, harder because you didn't have the social media sites. I remember when I first started Twitter, I would just, just pop in links and that was it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I'd be like, Oh, this is just to put on. And I guess people will see it. I have no idea. And then like, I would get people who would message me, be like, dude, you need to start talking ranges. I mean, these were like readers of mine telling me how to use Twitter. Like this was back in like, I'm trying to think. 2009, yeah. I think, when I got on. And the crazy you know, thing, re- too, yeah, the crazy thing, too, back then, because even the teams, they weren't, no, they didn't, they didn't even know how to use social media back then. They or, weren't using it content, at all. You know, I mean, I back, you know, back then, and they were awesome. Uh, you know, I used to work at the New York Islanders organization. They didn't, they didn't know what social media is, uh, Twitter and links and all that other stuff. We were, we were there, you know, uh, before Tavares came in there, and there was, and there was nobody in the building. You know, that was really like some really bad times there, you know, but that's before they kind of turned around. It's amazing now to see. And it's not just a team thing, not just the Islanders, but the league and, and just sports in general now. It is so ridiculously just, you know, you can because the one thing I want to stick on this, too, is because like what you were doing, right, as an individual, right, you were creating something that. You know, uh, you gave the fans a chance, and you did. You had to go out and hustle, and you had to, you know, so I'm like, hey, you're like waving your hands going, hey, I'm over here, you know, because you can't get this from the, the team. 
You can't get this from, you know, uh, 660, you know, WFAN. Um, I got it over here. And then at the time, though, everybody was still just, you know, watching pre the TV, pregame TV shows, the game and postgame shows. And that would be it. And then everybody would call Steve Summers on, on 660 and, and rant and rave and all that other stuff. And that was basically New York sports for the longest time before any type of social media came in and blog writing, stuff that you were doing. And, you know, me, I had this, you know, crazy, stupid idea, you know, when I started seeing, you know, let's get into, you know, broadband radio. The, the podcasting? Pod, people used to look at me, they didn't even know what the word was, you know? And here I was, you know, doing, because uh, broadband had just come out, basically, as far as what it is. And, you know, everybody in their house right now, they got like, you know, 100 MPS and all that and stuff. Back then, it was like, it was nothing. Well, we've we've brought it up on the podcast before. The two of us on that home opener, we were the the team wasn't <laughs> what year doing was it. that? The, I don't remember. The two of us were on the blue carpet with no Wi Fi, trying to use like dial up Wi Fi, <laughs> like and and it was like cutting in and out. And I remember people were like, I, I think Twitter must have Twitter must have been going because I remember people tweeting me like, I see Twitter, you, yeah. Yeah. and it was like cutting out because there was no Wi Fi. And uh, but we were there on opening night, like reporting. But yeah. like the technology wasn't there. The team wasn't there doing that. We were. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to, you know, we were at the Flying Puck. That That's the bar that was over. That's not I think it's closed now. We were like trying to interview people in there, but we couldn't get any Wi-Fi in the bar. We were we were talking to people like, interview, like uh, we out night, the in the bar. We were out we were on the drinking. curb in the streets trying to get. You know, data through the, you know, the high rise. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. The team wasn't doing that. We were doing that. But it, the technology wasn't there. We, I remember we, we were so pissed. We're like this. We were I remember we were talking. We're like, this should be so great. And it, the technology isn't there for us to do this. And now everybody, you know, like I said, you can't. Oh, yeah. It's it's just crazy because just anybody listen back then me and Kate we were on the front lines back then. We were just, I look at it now. I'm sitting in my basement I know, drinking right? a white claw. Like you know, <laughs> missed that. We missed our opportunity, Paulie. Oh man, but it's fun, man. And, and you know, I, I'm pretty sure we brought this up on the show before, but we told everybody because you know, fast forward to everything that we're reminiscing on right now. Uh, you know, back when we were doing stuff, and 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 you know, I had my, we had you on the show. You were like the go-to Ranger guy. We had to have on the on the show, and me and you did a show at Mulcahy's, and uh, you know, uh, the lobby at the Coliseum at the Marriott, and uh, like I said, we went to sit. And we used to do, we used to do shows at a place called the Windfall and Third and Long with our buddy Curtis and stuff, and we used to do all that on location, like those viewing parties and stuff, and. And uh, we had to get broadband lines because back then, if you if you used Wi-Fi, because everybody was using it back then, and the, because of the broadband, it wasn't that advanced. If everybody in the bar was on it, it would break up the feed. So we'd listen to the recordings of the shows afterwards, and it'd be like, yeah, Paul, what do you think about the... <laughs> and then the Rangers scored, and you know, it was just, it was crazy. But, yeah, uh, I... Yeah, and I would try to get on, beside your show, whatever, whoever would have me on a podcast. And like you said, they weren't that big. So I would ask, I'm like, how many people would you have listening? Everybody would be like, I got like five listeners. I'd be like, God damn it. You know, I, I, I'd be going on like however many shows because I'm like, oh, I just got to just get on shows so I could promote it on Twitter because people think like I'm like this big blogger because I'm on all these like podcasts. But meanwhile, there was like three people listening to them because, <laughs> you know, nobody knew about them. Nobody knew how to listen, you know, didn't have the Wi-Fi to listen or whatever it was. 
But I remember, I, I, again, beyond the content and the contest and the fantasy football, I'm, I'm now on podcast trying to, you know, market the show and get my name out there to a different audience. It was nuts. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And just trying to, and I think in New York, because like I said, what you were doing too, like I said, the team wasn't doing it back then. None of the teams were doing it. You know, yeah, I like, used to. You said you work with the Islanders. I used to email with the Rangers marketing department all the time. Like, why don't you guys do this? And they would get back to me. Oh, it's a pretty good idea. Maybe we should start. I was like, yeah, you know. And <laughs> and we used to deal with um, Jim Cerny. I know who you work with. Yeah. He actually, we used to do um, it, when I had the blog, and it was me. It was Adam Herman. Um, and, and we used to, we do, um, what, what was Spreecast? Remember Spreecast? Yep. That was like the, um, and blog talk radio. Yeah. Spreecast was the video platform that they had. And we used to do Spreecast with Jim Cerny, Jim Cerny. I mean, it was opening day. They were in Boston and we got Cerny to do this Spreecast, this video cast that we, you know, put out to our readers through Twitter and, and everything else. I mean, the Spreecast was before its time. I'm surprised that that didn't make it because it was really, it was like a live video platform. Um, it was almost like live podcasting, basically. Well, now um, it's Facebook Live, Periscope, and YouTube. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, it was, it, that's it. It's like, it was like the first Periscope. I mean, Periscope obviously knocked out. And we would, it would have the boxes. It would be the frame, and you would have the four of us. It would be like me. Uh, Herman and and Cerny and, um, and and we'd be in there talking to I don't know if I you know who I don't want to see all those faces <laughs> yeah no but that was it I mean that's what we would use and it again you know we'd be breaking up you know somebody you know it would free the frame would freeze yeah. and and you know um, but that's just how it was funny to look at because now you could set that up in two seconds i mean if we wanted to right now we could just be showing video of ourselves podcasting this i mean yeah, it'd be pretty neither boring. of us are wearing clothes so <laughs> that's right i mean we both have faces for radio so <laughs> um you know we don't need that but uh it's a trip but that's like when i called you you know last july i said hey you want to do this uh, i think we both would just kind of like Hey, we're old and yeah, what? Well, what's great? What's great about this is that you know, really, the time you have to put into it isn't as much as you know you were doing when you're running an entire sort of podcast network. Um, and myself, when I'm just you know I'm putting out content every day, you know, it's once a week. Um, obviously, you know, you need to stay on top of things, but I'm doing that anyway as a Ranger fan. You know, I'm watching the games. I'm on Twitter interacting with people and, and seeing the news out there. So it's not like I'm going above and beyond anything I'm I'm really doing. And, you know, I think later on in life, you just sort of enjoy sitting around talking about the team. I mean, we're really not, despite how well the podcast is doing, and I think that just goes to, you know, our charm. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the podcast is doing very well, but we're really not marketing it. I mean, like I said, I did all these things with the blog, you know, coming up with all these marketing sort of tactics. You know, we're really not doing any of that. Um, well, we're just sort of enjoying it, which I think it makes it that much better. Well, here's – I mean, you fast forward now to all the technology, right? So we were just going back in time where nobody was really doing it, right? So now you fast forward. Everybody's doing it, right? And number one, the teams are doing it. So if you're a, if you're a fan of the Cowboys or the – you know, whoever, the Knicks or whatever – and you want the real so you you're going to the team you're going to the the official sites now they just they weren't around back then and they certainly didn't have the content you know and people were still reading you know i mean a lot of them still do read the local beat writers and stuff like that and so on and so forth but um you know today now it's it's so much content there's so much access 
there's so much uh, dynamic, you know, digital media that's out there. So, you know, for us to kind of do this now in more of a laid back way and kind of like an armchair type of way, whereas me and you worked our asses off years ago and now to kind of, it, it is, it's definitely enjoyable. And yes, me and Kevin, we do, we sit back and we see all the downloads and people listening. And, and maybe what we're hoping is, is that because there's so much today that, you know, you like to think that you're a little bit of, um, a little bit of breath of fresh air or, you know, something that, that kind of stands out because we're not trying to shove everything in your face. You're not, we're not trying to, you can't compete with the team sites. You can't compete with the people that are in the locker rooms. And we, we don't like to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, we're just kind of having fun. And a, a guy who actually, like I said, I built a network. I was running six shows a week, you know, um, and trying to build up an audience and trying to build up numbers. Even back then, the, the tracking was, it wasn't as, as advanced as it is now. You know, you just couldn't, you couldn't do it. So, um, yes, this is more enjoyable. The, and the team creates the story. And, and you know, me and you have kind of built a nice uh, mix here. And, and, and the fans obviously enjoy it. And we, we can't thank everybody enough for doing that. Uh, but just so everybody knows, if, you, if you're listening to me and Kevin for the first time or you, this is the first season, you've, I know you've got, most of you guys have heard of Kevin, you know, as far as me coming on board. You know, we were, we were doing this. What is it? It's 2020? <laughs> this is, you know, this is going back 10, 11 years we were doing this, man. I, I started my blog the first year I saw it was 2007. It was November of 2007. Yeah. I mean, 13 years ago. It's crazy. It I is. mean, and, and to think about, and, and at that time, there was no Twitter. I don't think, tw- or maybe it just started. It, it um, just they, started, but it was nothing, no, nowhere near. Yeah. The, the, no, that stuff just wasn't it. around. Yeah. Just what, and, and like you said, you, you know, watching the sort of growth of it, like the stats. Yeah. I would, you know, had the, you know, site meter, you know, on my blog. And I remember, you know, when I first started, like the first month I was getting like, three views a day and it was like my three buddies who i like begged to read you know the <laughs> blog and they you know they would make fun of me they'd be like dude what are you doing and then just just come on and out, i'm sure life <laughs> and, and it, you know and to see the progression you know and i'm sure you went through it too where it was three you know my three buddies mm-hmm. and then it was 50 people and then you know it's 100 people and and like you looked at like you had the milestones you know and you were like, oh, my God, 100 people? This is, you know, this is a day? This is amazing, you know? And you're just like, wow, it probably can't get better than that. And then it was <laughs> 300, and then it was 500, and then it was 1,000 a day, and then, you know, 2,000 a day. And you're just and like, you oh bought a Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, I wish. I was, <laughs> I was lucky if I could buy a Matchbox call for my son, you know, with the money I was making. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it is crazy to just go through the – the sort of the progression of it and, and, you know, that it, you know, works out. I mean, it, it is nice to see that you do put in, if I was doing all that stuff I mentioned and I was still getting like 10 people, I, I, I probably would have stopped, <laughs> but you know, as the audience kept, you know, getting bigger and bigger, like you said, you sort of, you know, felt like you owed it to everybody like to do stuff like that. You know, you, you owed it to them to have a great article or a post or put a contest together or whatever it was, you know, you, you know, you felt it, you, the pressure to do that. So is it, 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 it was an interesting time to go through it, an amazing experience. I met so many great people. It's, it's great. Like I still talk to people on Twitter and Facebook and social media 
of people, you know, who were there from like day one. Yeah. You know, people who were there in the very beginning. I still, you know, we still have inside jokes, you know, that from like, you know, way back when. And it's so much fun. And, and the two of us that we're still doing this, you know, that we still, you know, texting each other and talking. Now we have a podcast and, you know, it's amazing that, you know, you actually you build like real friendships through this stuff. It's amazing. And that, you know, that's the that's the sign of a real good. I, I mean, to me, a real good blog, a real good podcast or, you know, whatever it is that you're putting together is that, you you know, you have that personal connection. You make that real sort of emotional connection with people where people feel like they know you. Not even feel like it. They, they do know you. They know about you. They know what you're about. You know, they know uh, where you live, that you have you're married, well, you, you drink have kids and. <laughs> Exactly. I drink what kind of pizza I enjoy <laughs> Elio's, Elio's pizza is my favorite frozen pizza. You know, I, did you see Dave Portnoy at Barstool Sports? He, he, he did his, uh, he did his pizza review on Elio's pizza the other day. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, but, um, but that's, I mean, that's the sign of, you know, that's how you connect with people. If you look at, you know, uh, the blogs that make it or the podcasts that make it are the ones that have that connection. It's not necessarily the ones that have the, you know, the, the best statistics or the best knowledge or that kind of thing. It's, it's the ones where you can connect with people and you have real, you know, beyond just the blog or the podcast is through the social channels or, you know, email. I used to email, you know, my readers and we'd have back and forth and back in the day when email mattered, <laughs> when you got an email <laughs> and you were looking forward to reading it, it wasn't just all spam. Uh -huh. um, you know, that was, you know, that, that was it. That's how you kept readers, you know, on board. So, um, you know, definitely fun to, to been there in, in that beginning part to come to now because there's so much noise now, um, and everybody's able to do it and, 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 uh, you know, try it and whatnot, but, you know, to be one of those sort of early guys to get in and, and build it up and go through with a, a lot of the range of blocks that are here now that they're, they're still around and, you know, we still, there's, there's no real sort of rivalry there or animosity. I still talk to a lot of these guys. Um, you know, Joe at, uh, blue shirt banter and, you know, it's just fun. You know, it's, it's, we all love the team and we all have our different takes on it. And, you know, we may disagree on, you know, certain aspects of what a team should do, but you know, we're all just having fun. I mean, at the end of the day. Yep. Absolutely, man. There's no doubt about it. Well, this was fun, pal. This was good. I nice know. To talk to you, well, my friend. <laughs> how about us just basically talking about ourselves the entire time? Goodness, yeah. how vain are we? Goodness gracious. <laughs> this is what it's come down to. There's no hockey. What else am I going to talk about? I'll talk about myself. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's a trip, man. It's, it's, it's a trip because, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, it's just listening back to – look, we, we started talking about the, the 2014 team. And then, like I said, you start thinking about, you know, what we were doing back then and, and like I said, where you were involved with everything. And, and this kind of – this is an inside to, like I said, fans who maybe just getting to know me and you for the first time and, and a little bit of history of us, you know, it's uh, it's, it's good to kind of just kind of look back, especially for me and you, like I said, because we did. We put tons of time into this, and now here we are putting the least amount of time <laughs> into a production. <laughs> and uh, – you and know, it's working, and, and we got yeah. we got a bunch of listeners. Yeah, it's great, and uh, you guys are all fantastic. So we'll uh, we're gonna keep doing this. We'll uh, we'll keep talking about it. There's lots of the teams. I put Domi up today in the promo, and I was just thinking about you know the early '90s teams that we had and stuff. And we'll, we'll uh, we got lots of stuff that we can kind of keep talking about here until uh, our boys get back on the ice. Just everybody. Yeah, you know, it's another thing too. You mentioned Domi, and and like I said, people have been putting up clips and stuff, and and you forget certain things from. 
when you were younger and you watch, you know, I didn't realize, you know, and they, I saw somebody put the clip up of Domi's first goal, which I remember watching because he rode the stick. And I remember dying laughing, you know. Um, you know, I didn't know who Tiger Williams was. Obviously, that's who the guy who rode his stick, you know, first was. You know, I remember my dad telling me about it. But I didn't realize that, you know, he played with Leach. You know, and Leach actually assisted on the goal. You just sort of, you know, when you were a kid, you just sort of forget the teams. And then they all sort of blend together and who played with who and, and that kind of thing. Uh, that's why, again, a, a more of an appreciation of everything you you know, all the teams and, and the different years and the different experiences. I saw that. I was like, oh, my goodness, that Leach was on the team with Domi. That's right. You know, you, you sort of forget those things over the years. Oh, man. We, we have to talk about it. Look, when Leach, Granado, you know, and Richter, when they, you know, when they would call. I mean, those were the kids back then. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are yep. with the kids now. Uh, and look what that did and look what that led to. And, and the rest is history, obviously, leading up to uh, 94. But it's uh, it's amazing. And then the early 90 teams, like I said, uh, just, you know, Kelly Kissio and John O'Gradick and uh, James Patrick and, and those guys that were playing, Willie Uber and Mark Hardy. And, you know, you just keep going back then. And, and what it kind of led to, you know, uh, ultimately Keenan coming in. And just it was just uh, there's a lot of great things we can definitely uh, jump back and forth here with the Rangers, this this team that we love and, and we miss right now so much. So uh, it's all good stuff, man. And we are. We're all connected uh, one way or the other around uh, the red, white, and blue, the Broadway blues. So it's good stuff. All right, pal. Well, uh, I don't know about you. Rangers man crush, I think just every week, uh, you know, I'll just say this, KD, and then you take it away and wrap the show up. But um, everybody's on the front lines, man. Thank you so much for what you're doing out there and, and everybody else. Just stay healthy, stay home, keep it together, and and keep talking to each other. And, and we'll, me and KD will be here, too. We're going to keep having some fun here and, and, and do this. And, and as long as we're not boring and, and boring ourselves, <laughs> we'll keep doing this. So go ahead, KD. Uh, give us a final word here, whatever you want to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just going to leave it at, uh, you know, like you said, the sort of uh, medical sort of professionals out there. I'll leave it at that for every week. I mean, at this point, you really can't point to anybody else. I mean, they're the, they're the ones who are um, away from their families, you know, putting literally putting their lives at risk, um, their health at risk and uh, um, putting in all these hours and, and trying to, you know, keep this disease from spreading. Um, keep people from literally dying from it. So, you know, to, to, to pick anybody else at this point as a, as a man crush, especially with no games going on, um, it would be, uh, you know, ridiculous. So, you know, we'll, we'll stick with them. And uh, I don't know if we'll have to do this every week because unless something drastically changes, um, they're going to be the man crush. They're going to be the man crush of the, you know, year. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Say goodbye to folks, KD. Bye, folks. All right, everybody, thanks so much again for listening to Go Rangers Radio. And as always, let's go Rangers! Stay safe and healthy out there.